Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to Rescue Your Own Damn Self, the podcast, where each and every week we take an epic journey down our own magical yellow brick road with kick-ass guests sharing their silly stories, awesome analogies, fearless failures, tragic tumbles, empowering aha moments, courageous comebacks, and legendary or even laughable life lessons. I'm your host, Lori Mork, and I'm fired up and ready to show you that you were the fierce warrior, swinging the damn sword, slaying at life all along. It's time to rescue your own damn self. Linda Fairham is here. Oh my goodness. Linda has been on the Kiss My Curvy Assets podcast platform with me, I think three or four times. And of course, she's back because she is so inspiring. And when I asked for her bio, she said that she's a woman in the marine industry that represents one to two percent of the sea-based mariners. Four years ago, she set out on a path to make this career more appealing for women as well as more inclusive. And in the same token, make education more accessible for all mariners. Linda has done so many amazing things for that industry. She is a firecracker. She is a comedian. She used to make documentaries. I could sit here and list a biography for her for days. And I am just so proud of this strong, amazing woman who really, truly proves that you can do this, sister. Hi, Linda. How are you, Lori? Congratulations on your new book. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I I looked back on my 2021 podcast and you were on probably the most, I think, between being on on your own and then you were on three times with our other great friend, uh, Jericho. And so welcome back. I'm glad that you're coming on for 2022, ready for a new year ahead. It sounded so weird when you said 2022. I was like, no, we're still in 2021. And I'm like, oh my God, the year is almost over. Well, and this launches, you'll be like February. So we'll be into 2022. And it's been, I mean, it's been a big change. You've had a lot of stuff happening. The last time that you were on, it was becoming a mariner. You were in this new industry. You were shaking things up. You were making waves. You were taking huge leaps ahead. Let's talk about you. You've got some challenges that you're dealing with. We'll call it that. And I think the main thing that we, it was almost, we could talk about 20 things today. We always can. We can. And the main thing that I always think of with you is strong, strong woman. But today we're going to talk about, you know, yeah, you're a strong woman. Congratulations. You just won a woman of inspiration award. Thank you. And what was that award? It was through the universal women's network. I was actually nominated by one of my students as a woman of inspiration, which I think it's weird because it's like, how do you like, I don't feel like you win woman of inspiration. You like, I feel like somebody gave me the nod and said, we think you are, but I don't, it's, it's not something that you win. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't train for it. I didn't run a marathon for it. I didn't, you know, eat healthy for it. So it was, it was kind of like, Oh, cool. And I mean, being honored is absolutely, it's a huge, it's a huge thing to, to even think that that people are looking at me and thinking that something that I'm doing is, you know, awesome and nevertheless inspirational. And, 
for that, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I, I love what I do. I absolutely, the passion comes through in every ounce of my soul. And I feel like people notice that. And that's why they nominated me. Well, and I mean, this podcast is built around the word inspiration. I mean, any guests that I have on, they're inspiring. And it, I mean, a lot of the time we sit back and think, who the heck am I inspiring? You're in an industry where you've, you just said a number to me, you're representing and you're kind of that front runner. You're not afraid to put yourself out there to make changes for like 400 other women, as well as hopefully more women that are trying to get into an industry that is predominantly men and has been for centuries. I actually have a story that it it just blows my mind and it just rolls around in my head. But there was about three years ago, I decided I was like, I'm going to help a mariner a day. I don't male, female, whatever. I'm just going to help them. I'm going to help them with their studies. I'm going to give them the number to Transport Canada. I'm going to share a link with this or whatever. And and so I, I set out to help a mariner a day. I didn't know what that looked like. I really didn't. But I guess I helped this one girl named Carrie. And I, I don't recall helping her. And I don't even, like, I don't know. I just help a mariner a day. And that was my goal. And she ended up helping another girl in her class they're in class right now in Victoria, which I don't really help with that class or talk to that class much. And so this girl, Yasmin, reached out to me and she said, I really appreciate what you do and and how you help us out. And you do these challenges every Friday online. And I just want to say thanks. And I was like, awesome. And I noticed that we had a friend in common that was not in the marine industry. And I was like, how do you know Alyssa? Now, Alyssa is a teacher and she's uh, a fantastic high school teacher, but she's a personal friend of mine that I met through my spouse. And so I was like, how do you know Alyssa? And she's like, oh, she taught when I was in school 10 years ago and she's fantastic and she's amazing and she's inspiring. And so there's this whole passing of the torch from Alyssa being in high school with this girl to me helping her in a Marine career. And then she told me, she's like, this girl, Carrie told me about you and, and how you help people. And, and Carrie is like singing your praises. And, and I was like, so Carrie's gone forth and started helping people like I did and help a mariner a day. And now she's helping a mariner a day. And I was just like, it's rolling. It's going forward. It's got momentum. And I was just like, I, I cried. I was like, this is the most fantastic thing in the world. And it's bigger than anything I ever thought I could build. And that it was when I used the word legacy. I was like, this is how you make a legacy, you know, and this is how you make a difference. And it's not to say that I was the first woman in this industry because I'm not. There's lots of women that have been in this industry before me. And I said this to my my mentors. I said, I'm glad that you guys were here and you were silent and you stood fast and you kept your mouth shut and your head down and you made sure that it was a safe place. And then as more women came in, like me, I spoke up and I said, this isn't right. We're changing this. We're changing that. This isn't okay. And that's when I wouldn't say I was a bully, but I was more... I was more effective in my, in my voice and they gave me my voice. And you're strong. You're a strong woman, not afraid to put yourself out there. You have, I I feel like you, you don't have a lot of fear. And I know you probably don't feel like that sometimes because you get beat down and you've got a lot of things that are stacked against you, but you don't have fear. I won't take your shit. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I won't take your shit because like, I know in my heart, that I'm doing this because this is the right thing to do. And this is like, I'm not, I'm never malicious in my outcome, like in what I do. Like I want the best for everybody. One of my mantras is always like your success is my success. I have no problem cheering for somebody and I'll cheer louder for you to get your ticket than I will for me. And I'll help you. I'll push you. I'll 
like my friend Kelly, she was like, I don't think I'm ever going to get my 60 ton. And I was like, yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure and I'll drag you all the way there if I have to. And she's a 60 ton captain now, you know? Well, strong yeah. women, strong women. Cause I'm a strong woman. Strong women need to reach our hand out to other women because often it's not that they're weak. They just need that little bit of a push. And like you said, it trickles down and now that they get a bit of our strength and now they're able to pass it along to other women as well. I mean, even in everyday life, I mean, you're doing some really amazing things in an industry and making changes. I mean, we can put ourselves out there. When I go into Starbucks, if I can just be nice to my baristas and lift someone up who looks like they're, especially women, I feel like women, we just have so much weight on our shoulders. And if I can make a difference, that person is then going to make a difference to the next person. It does trickle down. I know it does. I wrote about it in my book. My daughter... I mean, she, I learned that from her when she was a toddler. If you can, yeah, if you can, and when you see someone like a cashier at, at like at the grocery store who gets shit on all day long. I mean, everybody's in such a freaking hurry. They're all on their phones. They're not even thinking about how is this person doing? And my four-year-olds could look at her and see how sad she looked And to just say like, wow, you have the most beautiful eyes. This is coming from a four-year-old. It is women saying, I'm going to lift this person up. And she would change her whole mannerism. She's standing up tall. Well, thank you. Or I love your earrings. Or you have such a pretty smile. Or whatever she would say to the bank teller or whoever we are shitting on all day long. Because we're so busy and we're so important. And and I found that I would watch her and it wasn't, it wasn't like she was making it up. She legitimately was like, I, I can see this person looks stressed. I'm going to try and calm her and make her feel better. And then that person hopefully passed it on. Right. It's like when you're in the McDonald's drive through or the Tim Hortons and somebody pays for your coffee in front of you and you're like, well, I'm going to pay for the guy behind me too then, because you feel like I have to pay it forward. And that's, you're making changes in an industry, but it doesn't mean that the listeners can't make a change at the gym. Go up to that girl you've been watching train next to you and give her a compliment. We're not in competition. She's not going to think you're some crazy lunatic. If you go up, I mean, do you know how many people I tell like, wow, you have the best butt ever. Like we can do that for each other. Or I see that you're working so hard every morning at five 30, you go girl. Like we can do that. That's it's free. We don't have to pay any money to give this kind of support to each other. Yeah. And it's genuine. Most of the time. I hope it's genuine. Yeah. Yeah. But we, but we're always so busy that I feel like, and we are focused on ourselves and, and there's that competition. And then we're going to talk this next word because this next word is one of the words that I'm always like, oh, judgments, judgments, because women of inspiration is your latest title or distinction or target on my back. <laughs> Let's talk about prison, Linda, because I think when you get something like a woman of distinction, it's not saying you're a woman of perfection. It's not saying you don't have scars, bruises, lumps, bumps, shit from your past. Let's talk. You go because I said the word prison. So (laughs) (laughs) how did this woman of inspiration end up in prison? Well, and and you know what? For a long time, I was really embarrassed about what had happened and, and how it ended up. And, you know, like at this point, I've had to deal with it. And it's just it's one of those things. And there's if you Google me, 
you can find a really salacious article from CTV and CBC in Alberta that discusses it. And of course, (laughs) I love reporters, but they never get it right. So like, talk about rumors and hearsay. It usually starts with a, a reporter who needs to sell a story. So for many years of my brother's life, he was what we will call an unlicensed pharmacist. I like to use that term, but he, he didn't, you know, it wasn't hard, hard drugs like heroin and methamphetamines and stuff like that. But he, he liked, you know, to be the life of the party and, and that sort of thing. So he ended up building up quite the stash, let's call it. And at one point I was in a vehicle with him and we were pulled over and they searched the car as well as his house at the same time. And they found a pound of cocaine in the car as well as GHB and a whole bunch of other crap in his apartment uh, as money and whatever else. I mean, you could read the article and it tells you what they all found. I don't even know. And oh, but they, there was guns as well that were found because he's a redneck Albertan and his friends like, Hey, you want to hold my gun and like, hang on to my gun. Anyways, whatever the story is, I didn't know that my brother had guns. He's a nonviolent person. He, he'd never, he'd never hurt anyone to give you a story about my brother. One time after the bar, they went to a pizza by the slice place and like all the girls are like, Oh, Eric, you're so funny. And the guy behind Eric in the line was being rude to the pizza guy And Eric bought every single slice of pizza and closed the place down and said, if you're going to be rude to the service worker, you don't get pizza. (laughs) That's how he sells it. So I mean, like, that's the way he deals with stuff, right? So um, I wasn't even there that night. One of his friends actually told me that story about him. So anyways, my brother ended up, we both got arrested and I went to major crimes first and they held us there. And it was right around the time that Tom Ford, or not Tom Ford, Rob Ford was the mayor of toronto and i remember the police officer came in and he was talking to me and he's like you've been arrested for trafficking a pound of cocaine and i was like oh okay and he's like i want you to know that this you could serve life in prison so uh one this is canada and when i'm nervous i tend to have a little tick so i started laughing in his face and he's like what's so fucking funny and i was like oh, i was just thinking about how rob ford's the mayor of Ontario, or toronto right now like like that guy versus little old me and like I didn't I didn't do this and so like you're telling me that I'm going to prison for life for something that I know I didn't do versus the guy that's currently the mayor of Toronto okay cool yeah put me back in my cell I've got nothing to say you must have been shitting your pants I I watched have you watched Wentworth it's female prison I have like, I can't even drive by a police officer without sitting up more straight. Like I have this massive fear when I watch that show, it's called Wentworth. It's like, I would have nightmares for weeks because I would not make it in prison, even if it was just for a few hours. Like I almost did it, but um, I would have been shitting. So this is major crimes. And like me and my brother were pretty much the only two people there. And I didn't, at this time, I, I didn't know anything about what was going on like I literally this guy just told me what was going on and I was like wow okay cool Uh, I'm gonna go back to my cell now and we're gonna talk later because I don't know what to fucking say and And this was a while ago right this wasn't like last year this was over seven (laughs) years ago yeah um anyway so he then they put me and my brother in the same police car side by side and they like took us down to central booking 
And so that's when my brother's like, it's worse than you think they found the guns. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like, I didn't know anything about guns. Like, so this was where I have a younger brother. I would have been kicking his ass in the backseat of that car for having me in that car with him and me not knowing any of that. Like he would have just been well, like, I'd be going for murder, not anything to do with drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> the guns were in his house. So, and I wasn't in his house. So I was never charged with gun charges or anything like that. But the fact that like, this is serious shit. This isn't like, oh, you got busted for possession or something, right? Like this is, this is some serious shit. And Did I, you have like, any moments of like, I wonder if this is like a joke. Like, is there like a hidden camera somewhere? Like, is he playing a prank on me? Like, this is like a bad reality TV show and you're in it. Like there was a time where I was like, where they were searching the car and I was in the back of the car and I found like a button, like a true religion button in the back. of, And I was like, this, this car smells like the guy that was in it before. Like there was like, and they're like, yeah, he's like, I was like, he smells like a douchebag. And like, yeah, our informant's kind of a douchebag. And I like, I, I just kind of like, I, from what I could find in the backseat of this paddy wagon and the, and the cops started joking. And then I can't remember, there was some piece of equipment. I think it was their radio was busted or something in their paddy wagon. And I was like, well, I hope you guys get better funding and you can afford better equipment. Cause this is not to par on the police scale that I would appreciate for the Calgary police services. You know, like I remember like being critical and there was a time where in central booking, I remember looking at the, she was a sweet old lady. She was sweet. Like, cause I still, I genuinely think people are good. And I know that these people are out there to protect and serve and to do the good thing. So like, I get them in the wrong place at the wrong time. And this is all going to blow over and everybody's going to figure it out and I'm going to be fine. And so I remember being like, oh, I'm going to give you guys a bad Yelp review. Mm-hmm. And like, I actually said that to the old lady and the old lady's like, what is Yelp? And I was like, oh gosh, well, <laughs> One day when you leave Calgary, you'll find out what Yelp is. So I remember joking about that. And like, I remember getting into central booking where I finally got like, let's call it gen pop where I was actually in with other people. But these people are people that they picked up off the street that are there for overnights that need a warm bed to sleep in that like, it's either this or the streets for some of them. And I met one woman in there and we were talking about her kids because at this point I was still a mom to only Kaya. And I was like, I, I need to get back to my child. Like, I need to get out of here. I have a life to live. I have a job to go to. Like, this is not who I am. So like, this is funny and like, great and whatever else. But like, it's time to fucking this joke's over. And I remember asking Amy, like, do you have any children? And I could see that she had stretch marks. And she said, yeah, I have seven children. And I was like, oh, tell me about them. And she's like, I don't know where five of them are. Mm. And like, it crushed me to think that there's people out there that like, for circumstances in their life. I'm not going to say like, I don't know what Amy has gone through or what her, what her life is at. And maybe her children are, you know, in in better homes based on the fact that your mom's sitting in a prison cell with me at this time. There was another girl. She was of Asian descent. This is just this tiny little thing dressed, dressed up enough that she was freezing and they'd given her little booties for her sock for socks because she had, she was wearing high heels when she was arrested. And I finally, I was like, Kate, what are you doing here? And she's like, I didn't change the address on my, on my driver's license. And me and my boyfriend were pulled over. And the house that I had as my address is a, was a girl walk. So she was arrested for being, for affiliation with a girl walk. And like, I was like, you don't belong here. Like, you don't look like you belong at all. And then when they were patting me down before they put me in the cell, they'd used uh, one of those nice little wands that they have at the airport security. And the lady, the walls, the pony walls are metal 
halfway up because probably people kick them. Like, I mean, these aren't the nicest people in the world down there. And she swung it wide around my ass because, you know, I got some junk in the trunk and the metal detector went off because it got too close to the wall. And I didn't know if she thought that I had smuggled something metal in there. And I was like, we're not going there. That did not happen. Like, that's when the joke was over. I was like, no, this isn't funny anymore. Like, we're not doing this. And so now fast forward, you were never charged. You were you were let out. I was charged. So what happens is a lot of times when they they find two people like you and me go to a bar and we decide to beat some guy up. But you were the one that was throwing most of the punches. What they'll do is they might charge two people hoping that one to cops cops to it. And the other one, you know, the charges are withdrawn. And mm-hmm. so in this situation, I had one charge against me because I was in the vehicle with my brother. My brother had 21 by the time they racked up all the gun, gun charges. And when you're charged in Canada with a guns and a drugs violation, it's a mandatory minimum of six years. So my brother got a harder sentence than a lot of pedophiles and some murderers. Is he still in prison? No, he's currently on parole. Right. But he's like about to buy my mom's farm. He now has an Airstream. He now has a food truck. Like he's on the straight and narrow. He's always been a good guy but he's like one of those guys that was like get rich quick like how can i make more money and that's kind of where mm-hmm. drug dealing was you know lucrative for him and he was like well this is but well, he was not so affiliated like he was never affiliated with any drug or with any gangs or anything like that he just he didn't want to be involved to the point where he couldn't get out when he decided he wanted to get out well and that's that's my next point that you and i wanted to talk about today is that we everyone has a past everyone and i said this in a, in another podcast We all have shit that stinks. I mean, it might smell different than the next person, but we also have things in in our past and and some are are more serious and severe than others, but we don't know your story at the time. So if someone did something in their past, we don't know why they were were backed into a corner and did that. You know, were they a stupid teenager? Were they a stupid 20-something? Were they an idiot in their 30s? Did they need money? Did they, you know, we don't know why so the key is is you can go from being in a prison cell and being booked and not being charged or or the charges didn't hold up two years later being awarded the women of distinction award and and it's okay that you had a past that's not perfect well none of us are perfect and if we if we great to strive for that but like don't break a nail on the way to the top baby because it's going to happen right but i remember the day the charges were withdrawn and the parole or the probation officer talked to me. She was also a sweet old lady. I just love all these sweet old ladies. Anyway, she looks at me and she goes, would you change anything? And I said, no, because had it been somebody else in that car with my brother, he may still be doing the nefarious shit he was doing before, mm-hmm. you know? And, and the reason I was hanging out with my brother in the first place is to help him get a food truck, to start a business, to make himself legit. And it was just one more run, one more run, one more, you know, and, and that's, that's what it ended up being is like, he didn't our, get a chance to decide when he was going to stop. And our stories shape us. I mean, and that was the takeaway from my book is I wanted it to just be a bunch of life lessons because everything that happens to us leads us to where we are now. So, I mean, if you hadn't been in prison, I mean, that was a big shock for you of, you know what, I, I don't ever want to be in prison again. I'm sure was probably one of the things that you thought you also were like, I I really want to get back to my kid. Like this is crazy, right? Like there's, so you start to appreciate 
certain things. And I do that when I watch shows. I'm like, okay, I never want to be in prison. I better make sure I, I make all the decisions possible so that I'm not ever in prison. But it leads you to where you are now. And you are a strong woman because of all the stories you have in, in your past that have shaped you to be who you are today. You know, it was my brother who, my brother gave me a really good piece of advice one time and it, it has held true forever to me. And it will always be every single one of us is one decision away from prison time. And it's true. Like you decide to drink and drive and kill a family or going to jail. I could drink and drive and get home safe it's the same decision. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so judging somebody based on why they made that decision or the fact that they got caught, my brother was getting booked into prison once he was charged and once he was convicted and he looked up at the guy who was booking him in and he's like, I used to sell cocaine to that guy, you know? And so what the prison guard is, is less guilty than my brother is. No, he just never got caught. Right. So Or he's not a celebrity. (laughs) Well, right. Like there's, I mean, I think of some of the people that have gotten off on charges, whether they're, you know, big CEOs of companies or, or whatever for the same types of things. So they just didn't have really expensive lawyers in their back pocket, you know, or they did and your brother didn't. Right. So, or gender or the color of your skin, you know, like there's a lot of reasons why certain people get it worse than others. And it sucks that we have to admit that. You know, and it and it I find the same thing in my industry to an extent is that, oh well, like people have told me like you're the diversity hire. And it's like, okay, well, what does that does that mean that I don't know what I'm doing, that I'm only here because I'm a woman? Right. And it I find that that takes away so much from who I am in regards to my credentials and the fact that, you know what, I, I worked for this, I earned this. And that same token, I end up working extra hard to prove that I'm not just here because I'm a diversity hire and then people shit on me because they're like well, she has to try so hard and she always has to be the shining star and she always has to be the woman of inspiration and she always has to, and it's like, well, then make a fucking spot for me and get out of the way. Like either make people feel welcome and, and let that happen or, or don't, right? And I remember telling this joke and I was like, I'm not a convict because like this came up recently that somebody brought up my past and decided to tell people who may be interested in my success this terrible story about me. And I said, I'm not a convict, but I can teach you how to make prison mascara. And people were like, why would you say something like that? And I was like, it just seemed like one of the oddest things to learn what I was like. I learned what down was because apparently that's heroin. I didn't know that. I learned what ice was because I was like, I don't understand what is ice. And she's like, math, are you fucking new lady? And I'm like, yeah, like literally I'm in the wrong place and I don't know what it is. I should probably watch more of uh, intervention because I didn't know any of this. Well, and and you used to be a comedian. So in, in stressful situations, in weird situations, comedy is usually what you go to. 100%. It it is because laughter is what is your thing. So, I I mean, I also found it really odd that like, why do you need mascara in prison? Like, I barely wear mascara on the outside of the world. And now all of a sudden it's like, why are we doing this? She's like, I got a hot date tonight. And I was like, I have a lot to learn about prison, but um, hold that thought. I don't want to be here anymore and I don't want to learn anymore. So that's, that was near the end of my 23 and a half hours in prison that I learned how to make prison mascara, which is really, you just take a big pen and you blow it into clear toothpaste. I don't know why they give you clear toothpaste. And then it like makes this goop and you put it on your eyeballs. I'd be crying nonstop. I would not need mascara in prison because I'd just be sitting there crying and being like, this has to be a bad nightmare. So let's talk. 
let's talk about strength because you're, you're going through a lot still, and you've had a lot that you've had to go through in, in your past already of trying to make change. And, and do you get tired? Do you, do you, do you have days where you just say, I should just go work at Starbucks. And, and I, I always say Starbucks because eventually they're going to sponsor me. <laughs> I dedicate to your book. I I was like twenty seven chapters in my book. I talk about Starbucks, but I mean, it, it'd be a lot less stressful. It would maybe cause a lot less tears shed. Do you ever get tired? Because being a woman of inspiration, it, it's a lot to hold on your shoulders, and you sometimes you might want to just curl in a ball in the corner and say "fuck it." Yep. Chuck it in the fuck it bucket and move on. I get tired. Like, I, like, I mean, I, I bust my ass every single day. So I'm tired from that. And then to like dodge the knives that are coming at me in my back and the target. And then I, and then I blame myself. Cause I'm like, well, you stuck the fucking target there. You idiot. Could have kept your head down your mouth shut. You wouldn't have this problem. So there's that. I'm mean, going to get that, but I get angry. I get fucking angry. I get angry that I have to fight with my uncle every single fucking month in regards to well, you're a woman of inspiration. Like, if you can do it, why can't everybody else do it? Like, equality. Yeah, I don't understand why we have to have diversity hires. Women are equal to men. And it's like, no, we're, we're not treated equally. We're not given the same textbooks some days. Like, oh, why don't you go be a beautician and, and men are engineers? You know, like, women at BC Ferries are literally still fighting for engineering space where they can change. Because women who are engineers at BC Ferries don't even have a place to change their clothes in 2022. Oh yeah. We are not making big shifts forward in, in many industries. I think we just think, think cause we don't know. Right. But it's like, so I get mad. Like I get really mad that I'm like, well, and at the same point in that argument with change rooms, it's like, so they have to change in front of a bunch of men, men who may be married and like for religious reason, cannot see another woman unclothed after wed, after being married. Like, it's not fair to the guys either, you know, like, can we change this? And so there's, there's a lot of frustration with what's going on and, and change, like glaciers will recede faster, like global warming will happen more fa- faster than we will change this. And it's just, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and the entitlement to like some men that have that level of entitlement, like, why don't you just do it? It's really frustrating to, to get up every day and realize that, you know, like, even guys are like, oh, you can go to work in jeans and a t-shirt, but women have to wear like shirts and skirts and do their makeup and take two hours because if we go to unkept, then there's a problem, right? And that 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 balance is just, it's frustrating. Double, you know? double standard, right? Yeah, but the thing is like, if not me, then who? If I don't continue this fight, who's to say that the next person who gets put in a situation where somebody decides to Google them and find something out, they don't have a worse criminal past because they grew up in, in a residential school with generational trauma, with all sorts of other things that have happened that had not any particular fault of that person. And they've tried to overcome because the marker or the starting point for them was so much further back than me. But now this person decided to say, hey, well, now that you've managed to make it to my level, I'm going to judge you and push you down a notch because I don't feel that you're worthy. If not me, then who? Mm. Like, who, who, who has, like, I realize... I'm a really strong individual mentally and, and physically. And when I was in prison that, and I was like, look, I'm making a documentary. I worked in uh, gaming. So I was like stopping pedophiles from talking to, talking to kids on the, 
internet at the time. Like I felt like I was living a good fight. I worked two other jobs. I was going to school for at UCLA through um, distance learning, which I also graduated with distinction at the time while like doing this whole prison bullshit. And so I was doing that as well. And I was like, look at all these awesome things I'm doing. And I'm telling the prison guard this, like, I'm not a criminal. And yet I was still in that position. Imagine if you'd been picked up for a DUI. Imagine if you'd been raped and ended up in, and I had a friend at the time who was dealing with PTSD because of a situation that she was in. And I thought, I was like, man, if she was in the situation right now, she'd be fucked because she's got a bar. She's got a bruise. She's got a mark. She's got something going on in her life. Right. And I was like, but the reason she's going through shit is because she has PTSD because of a, a situation that was out of her control that happened to her, mm. you know? So, so if I'm not perfect and I know I'm not perfect, but if, if I were to slip or if I wasn't, if my character at all was in, in jeopardy, I could be not, I, I, it might not have had the same result. And that's why I say, if not me, then who, because if you're going to judge me, I can take it. You know, Sherry might not be able to take it. Somebody who, mm-hmm. who grew up in a situation with with drugs or whatever, a foster care situation, et cetera, they might not be able to take it because they might be embarrassed because of what happened in their past, something that they can't control, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I always say, if not me, then who? Because what, what, I, there's days where I don't feel strong enough to do this. Well, and the key is, is I mean, even when you hopped on with me today, you you have your emotional times. And and right away, I was like, have it, have it, let it out. It's good. Like other strong women lean on each other. And it's like, that's probably why I have such great women all around me is we all try to make change. We all try to lift each other up. We all have time where we're sitting down going, fuck, today is not a good day. And I'm just going to sit here and cry right now and have a temper tantrum and... You know, it's it's funny because I know that every single time we do this podcast, you end up crying. Today it's my turn. But when I got on today, I was at rock bottom, like absolute rock bottom. And I was like, I'm so mad, so frustrated, so wanted to throw in the towel. And I just, this is going to be great to go back in February <laughs> and listen to this and realize where I am today. But I honestly, I didn't know how I was going to try and be inspiring or empowering or come onto a podcast and just be, just be like, okay, well... Let's go empower people because I, I felt like my tank was so empty because somebody literally siphoned it, you know, and they it wasn't like I gave them the gas. I didn't give it away to them. They literally siphoned it. They stole it from me. They th- there's a smear campaign going on right now to say that I am not the person that I am. And that I've said these things and done things that aren't true. And, and, and it stems from the story that we told about me going to prison and uh it also stems from you being a woman. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, there's other guys that would have the same thing. And it's like, well, yeah, that guy works here. He had a DUI. It's not a big deal. And it's like, then why is everybody making a big fucking deal over? Oh, because I rock. Got a vagina. <laughs> Did it help to come on and talk and kind of talk through it? Because you were, when we first hopped on the call, you were pretty defeated and you called it your rock bottom. Do you feel like, I feel like you got really a lot stronger throughout our conversation even. And it, it was almost like you reminded yourself why you're doing all of this and why you've got these emotions and it's okay to have these emotions, let it out, but you still are strong. You know, like I'm like, I, I sometimes refer, refer to myself as a porcelain doll because I feel like I can't crack. I can't, I have to be strong all the time. And it's like, Oh, I crack all oh, that. Do I crack? You know? And 
I think we all have those moments. We all have those breaking moments, even as a parent, like where you can't get a moment of silence, even when you go to the bathroom and a child walks in. And I'm so there's, I'm sure there's so, so many moms that listen to this podcast that are like, yeah, that happens. My dog does that too to me, you know, but like we all have our breaking points and that's okay to recognize that and go for a walk, get out of the house, like reset, do something like, and to come back to the drawing board. Right. And, and just have that moment to be like, okay. And I, I feel like such a fucking victim right now. And at the same point, I'm like, I'm not a victim. And then I'm like, uh, this one, you might actually be the victim, you know? And I've, I've never touted, like, I've never been that person. I've always been like, no, I'm strong. I'm an individual. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And uh, yeah, recently I like this one, this one took the piss out of me, let's say. Well, but and, and even women of inspiration or strong women need to cry, yell, or have someone to lean on sometimes. We, we don't have to be 120% all the time. And sometimes I have, I mean, you, you've read the book. I mean, I have chapters on rock bottom, how there really isn't a rock bottom. I, I think it keeps going <laughs> and going and there's a bottom, a bottomer, a bottomest, infinity. And then I do my second chapter on rock bottom because it was so important. I felt I needed to have two chapters is you learn epic shit when you're at your rock bottom. So right now you feel like you're at your breaking point, but you know what happens at your breaking point? You propel back. You got to have a breakdown in order to have a breakthrough. You know, and and, sit in, sit in this breaking point right now, sit in, cry a little bit, let it out, let your emotions. And I guarantee you, you're going to be stronger as you come out of this. Yeah. Like that's the biggest, the biggest one. Like, I know I'm going to be stronger. I know the industry is going to be stronger. I know the women in the industry are going to be stronger. I know there's a purpose that to do this. And I know that there's a reason why I was picked to do it. And I know why this is the time that was done that way. And like, there's so many things that it's just like, why? At the same point, some of my biggest advocates in the industry are like, Linda, why is it always you? Why is it always you that ends up in these situations? Why is it always you that ends up being discriminated against? And I was like, well, how many other women do you know in this industry? Like, But it's because you're not quiet. You're, I mean, I don't fly under the radar. I have pink hair. I mean, I, I'm noticed everywhere I go. We stand out like sore thumbs everywhere because we're strong, because we're vocal, because I mean, it's, it's a bad thing, but it's also not a bad thing, right? Like it, it's, if it's going to happen, it's because you're, you're putting yourself out there. That's the thing. I'll say the same thing about you that I say about myself is like, Lori, you walk into a room, you cast a massive shadow. Like you are a big personality, but the thing is like you, and I remember this from your first book launch. I remember walking through that door and I was like, oh man, this is going to be, and you, you make everybody feel welcome in the shade of your shadow. And that is totally okay. You can be a big personality and you can still like lose the ego at the door. And that's where I get. So there's a difference between being an asshole and arrogant about it and just being a person where people are like, that's inspirational. That's somebody I can look up to. Mm. And the difference is that arrogance. And you don't have that either. You know, like you help everybody, including the Starbucks barista. Hashtag sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, too, is thank you for that, by the way. It's it's one of those things where if we want to make change, we got to ruffle some feathers. We got to make some waves. We got to get our feelings hurt sometimes. Right. And that's where I'm glad that you cried it out and let it out, because I do think you're you're going to be stronger for it after this. 
Well, and I look at every other industry, including women in trades, because I've worked in construction and, and whatever. And I mean, sadly, and I hate to say this about my industry because I love my industry so much. We're so fucking far behind. Like the fact that it's 2022 and we like women in at BC Ferry is one of the 50 best places to work in British Columbia and are going through a human rights tribunal because they don't have fucking change rooms right now. Like, come on. And I'm sorry, but like our society is evolving and changing so much. You've got bigger fish to fry than just not having a woman's washroom at this point. Like we have so many diverse people now in this world in terms of LGBTQ uh, plus yeah. all the stuff, right? Yeah, okay. It's like, I mean, at my son's dance studio, there's three kinds of bathrooms. Like if BC fairies can't get on board that they have to have more freaking diversity in terms of what they're offering to their employees. I mean, not everybody has a penis and that's it. And fits into that square box. I will say in their defense, as much as there is a defense, some of these ships are 50 years old and 50 years ago. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, we can't just throw away the ship and build a new one because we need a bathroom. Like, but they, they haven't figured out how to put four walls up and give them like a little bit of space or something like that. Like, so like some of the excuses I can kind of get behind and be like, yeah, okay. The fifth, the ship is 50 years ago. And it's like, wow, 50 years ago, we didn't have change rooms for women on ships. That's crazy to think, but yeah. Okay. So we've come a long way in 50 years. The ship is still there, but like, why haven't we done a refit? Why haven't we figured this out? You know, and I work on tugboats with men and we have one bathroom, you know, we all use the same bathroom, just not at the same time. Right. And it's, and it's fine because the alternative is we either make three bathrooms or which doesn't have enough space or like it's, it's a household, right? You don't have more than one bathroom. If you do, you're lucky. But BC fairies, I mean, again, they're not going to sponsor me after this. They are not hurting for money though. So if, if Susie's small business owner down the street can find the funding to make changes to her little dance studio to have inclusion, BC fairies, pull up your little socks. You can do it too. Like, because how long do we wait? Well, and that's why there's a tribunal that's going on in regards to that. Right. And that's why it's like, okay, well, how do we, how do we make this more inclusive? Like, and, and like the fairs are like, well, there's nothing we can do. And it's like, come on, you can do something. And so, and, and like reading the, if you Google the articles and you look at CBC and you read the comments, like, it's like, well, if women don't like it, they shouldn't work there. And it's like, okay, so now I'm fighting a bunch of keyboard warriors online to be like, so you think that we should just stay in the kitchen and fact of the matter is there's people out there that believe that, right? So at what point do I stop trying to argue with the people who don't believe that diversity should come into their industry or that the diversity hires are stealing all their jobs or that they're not qualified or whatever? Like how, at what point do we just say, okay, enough is enough. We're all equal. Let's go. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so having to hear about it and like throughout this, the last six weeks of my current ordeal, I've had women in the marine industry reach out to me and tell me stories that make what I'm going through look like a walk in the park. Like I had a mariner reach out to me and told me that she was raped on a ship in the Arctic and she was 10 days before she was back to shore. And of course she had to shower. She lost all the evidence. It was hearsay her against them. She, she was choked and strangled to the point where her neck was crooked and she couldn't, and, and she still works in this industry. However, 
She will not work on a ship that doesn't have diversity. She looks for the Filipino crew because she knows as long as there's Filipinos on that boat, she's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But that's what she has to do because to keep herself safe because she's been in a situation that is far worse than anything I've ever experienced. But the fact of the matter is the guy that did that, he's now a captain and he's going to get away with it because, you know, and she complained, she complained to the school because at the time she was a cadet and she complained and said, Hey, this happened to me. And they're like, well, there's no proof. There's nothing we can do. If you don't like it, drop out. And that's the thing, like these industries say they want diversity. They want more women, but If I were a young woman, I mean, and these stories are out there, like, it's not like they're not going to, Hey, uh, do I really want to be the 1% trying to break into the man's world here? Like with no bathrooms for me to change in. And I'm by myself as a female on a boat with a bunch of guys that it's one of those things where if we want change, like, and we want more women to come into it, we have to make some changes. Like it's. And there's a huge fear for me. Like, I know that I can take care of myself and it's just like, if not me, if not me, then who, you know, and I know that I can be strong enough and I know what happens if I have a student that I'm like, yeah, come into this industry. Yeah. Yasmin, you're going to have a great life. Everything's going to be awesome. You know, you're going to have a wonderful career. And then something happens to her. Mm -hmm. And I, I fully, fully knew that this is possible. This could happen to you. And, and why in this workplace is that allowed to happen? And people are sweeping it under the rug versus like, this would not be okay in corporate Canada. This would not be okay in an office building. Mm-hmm. Why is it okay in our industry? You know, but heaven forbid somebody give out some tip and strip pens and say the word cunt hair. That's for another podcast. <laughs> the listeners are like, where, what'd we miss there? That's a whole nother one. All yeah. right. To wrap this up, what would be like your final last kind of one liner mic drop moment, truth bomb to those listening in terms of being strong, in terms of, of owning your imperfections, in terms of forging ahead to continue to make change, what would you say to, to people, to women? I'm going to give you my brother's advice. I'm going to say, you know what? Every single one of us is, a, is one decision away from prison time. You know, and, and yeah, you're making most of the right decisions and you're, you weren't caught when you made a bad one or when you sped or when you did that illegal U- U-turn or whatever. But, you know... Don't judge somebody based on the fact that they had to make that illegal U-turn. You know, don't judge somebody on on what they're going through in their life because you just don't know. Mm. You know, and 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 have compassion. Kindness is free. Be nice to your Starbucks barista. You know, be nice to the people that because you that's really all that really matters is you're trying to be kind to everyone. And we should teach kindness. And and that's the thing is like I said this before we started record, recording, but I'll say it again. Like, yeah, there's people out there that are out to get me. There's currently a schmear campaign underway. And, you know, honestly, as upset and as mad as I am that this is going on, I can't help but feel sorry for these people. Like, I just, I'm so saddened that there's something missing in your life that you feel the need to knock somebody down like that. That you can't embrace that. Like, you can't cheer for them. You can't root for them because their success means that you're getting less when that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. And then that, that hurts my soul because like, I, I wish they could see the other side of this and how beautiful it is when everybody gets to prosper. I guess I'm deep down a socialist. Well, the world's a big place and we all have our time to get clapped for, and we all have our time to clap for other people. And it's jealousy and, and 
it's just, it's a sad little thing. And we, again, we don't know what those people went through in their childhood either. I'm imagining they weren't hugged enough or, or whatever, but nobody asked them what they wanted to be when they grew up. Yeah. Right. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being raw and real with your emotions as you always are when you come on here. I wasn't sure. I thought I was going to be funnier. I wanted to tell you about like, we were talking, you were talking about ugly vaginas in your book. (laughs) And I was like, Speaking of women's empowerment, (laughs) I think because I'd like to leave this on a happy note, but I'd also like to bring it back to your book. And so I'm driving along, listening to your audio book is like me and my buddy, Lori going on a road trip. (laughs) And uh, so vaginas and and you talked about God at one point, too. And I was like, I think what happened, if I could be so frank, is that God was so busy creating this image of perfection with women that he ran and he was like you have six days on the seventh day you must rest you need to get this woman perfect in six days and it's like that girl that or that person i should say that does their essay and is like fuck i'm running out of time so you just like (laughs) and you put shit in there and so god just like vagina (laughs) threw it out there and he's like okay that's not perfect but you know people aren't going to be looking at that all the time so we'll just leave that and and we'll we'll make it attractive because men will be attracted to it because it's like they'll want to get, they want to, they don't have one of those. So like, that's, that's why there's such a thing as ugly vaginas is God just ran out of time. And so as you're telling your story, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's what happened. Well, and if you haven't read my book, you're like, what is she talking about? Yeah. I do have a chapter, the ugly vagina, and it is a good one. It is a good one. You must've been really sick of me because you had me for like nine and a half hour drive listening to my, (laughs) it's like, I was next to you, annoying you for the whole drive. (laughs) I was starting to be like, Lori, stop saying hashtag. Yeah. And there was, there was one other story that I, this story is has been an inspiration to me my entire life. I remember telling it to my kids, my friends in grade school and it never makes any sense, but it does make sense at the end. And I don't know why it's about a frog, but I'm going to tell this story because I want, I think that the listeners are going to get the same. My friends will message me and be like, remember the little frog? There was a frog. He wanted to run a race. He wanted to run this like triathlon through Death Valley. Reptiles don't do good in Death Valley, but he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And uh, everybody's like, you shouldn't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this little frog. He went out and he kept going and he kept going. And it's not like we talked about this. You are your own competition. So like he kept going, his goal was to finish the race. He doesn't have to come in first, whatever he keeps going. People along the way are like, what are you doing? You're not going to make it. You're just a frog, just a frog. You can't do that. And he finally got to the end of the race. He crossed the finish line and all the reporters were surrounding him and they were so excited. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe you finished this race. What kept you going? And he didn't answer them because he was deaf. When you understand your goal and you understand where you need to be, the voices around you that say, you can't do this because you're a woman. You can't do this because you're a mother. You can't do this because you're too short, too fat, too whatever. Become deaf because nobody in this world understands your moral compass, your goals. And as long as you're in it, to make society a better place and to be happy in who you are, become deaf. Those people don't matter. Your supporters, the people that cheered you on, they matter. And if they're not telling you to keep going and keep fighting, tune them out, become deaf. So I've never cried telling that story before. That is the mic drop moment right there. I, I Usually I end all of my podcasts like I do in my chapters of my book with uh, rescue your own damn self. And then I have some witty summary of what we just talked about. 
but I'm going to change what I do. It could be rescue your own damn self by being a strong woman, by, you know, owning your imperfections, by forging ahead to make change, rah, 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 everything we talked about. But I'm going to, I'm going to finish it with rescue your own damn self by having friends like you, Linda, around you. See, I didn't even cry this whole time. I'm so proud of myself. And now I'm going to cry. Um, yes. <laughs> and you were crying when, when we came on and I was like, Oh, I'm usually the emotional one, but rescue your own damn self by having friends like you around Linda, that you inspire me. Not, I, I don't want to be a mariner. I don't want to be, I, I get sick on boats, like whatever, but you inspired me because it reminds me not just at Starbucks, but it, it life's messy. Life's hard and get dirty keep forging ahead. Uh, when you need to cry, call your friends and, and cry and let it out. And when you can rescue yourselves by having a bunch of awesome kick-ass babes around you, that's when you live sassily ever after. And that's again, how I finish my chapters. I finish my podcast and I do, I thank you for being you and thanks for being just strong. And and continuing. Yeah, this is a rough one. I mean, it's, I hope that a lot of people get something out of it, and I'm glad that we got to tell a joke about vaginas in it, and like that it, it kind of went up and down, and there was some good moments, and uh, yeah. But this was a really I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out when we were like, okay, we're doing this podcast today, and I was like, oh, I I I am not feeling it, and like I was like, oh, do I cancel? And I was like, I'm not canceling, not do, no, we're going to do this, and I'm glad we did it, but at the same point, I was like that's another one face your fears right like I'm not gonna say I was afraid to see you today I was afraid of what I was gonna say on a podcast that was gonna get aired all over the world you know so that's what I was worried about and I'm okay with it I'm okay with what was done what we said right me too me too I love you friend you'll be on again thank you for being my rock today I needed you thank you for just thanks for being you this was this was awesome thank you okay thanks a lot Thanks so much for listening, friends. For more sassy and magical adventures, be sure to check out my website, lorimork.com, or follow me on Instagram at lori.mork. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast where each and every week we release a new episode featuring queens, kings, divas, vixens, gods and goddesses, and just some totally awesome guests who are ruling their kingdom and narrating their own feisty fairy tales. It's time to rescue your own damn self and live sassily ever after.